Let's go to the Old Testament tonight. The book of Numbers. Would you turn there with me? And we'll look at Numbers. And I want to bring just a little thought. Uh, I hope will be helpful. Uh, something that I think all of us have to deal with. In Numbers chapter number 12. Again, I want to just put another plug in. Please be, uh, for, please get in the Sunday school class. We have an auditorium class. Uh, we've got a class downstairs. We've got a woman's, a lady's class. And of course, all the children have a class. And so we'd love for you to be a part of the Sunday school. Uh, we're dealing with, uh, I think our teachers have been doing a great job dealing with the subjects. We're just trying to avoid some confusion. And uh, that's the subject matter of uh, the last few weeks. And I want to encourage you, please don't miss Sunday school. Do your very, very best at it. Uh, let's look in Numbers chapter 12. I'm going to deal with a subject tonight. And let's just read it. Let's read this. Let's let the Bible come to life. And uh, let's, let's read this true event. And let's act like we were watching this all just take place right in front of us. Because it happened. Let's look at Numbers chapter 12 verse 1. And Miriam and Aaron. Now quickly, you know who Miriam and Aaron is. The brother and sister of Moses. And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? Notice this. And the Lord heard it. That's interesting, isn't it? And the Lord heard it. Didn't say I heard it. Wasn't talking about somebody else heard it. So, you know, we need to be careful. Sometimes we think nobody hears us. Well, get ready. God hears it. <laughs> so God heard it. Now, the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and then Miriam. Now here's what I think is interesting. Miriam and Aaron was talking about Moses. But God included Moses. Now this, you learn a lot here. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and unto Miriam, Come out ye three into the tabernacle of the congregation. And they three came out. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forth. And he said, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so who is faithful in all mine house. With him will I speak. Mouth to mouth. Even apparently and not in dark speeches, and the similitude of the Lord shall, be behold, shall he behold. Wherefore then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. And the cloud departed from off the tabernacle. And behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said unto Moses, 
Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay not the sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly, and wherein we have sinned. Let her not be as one dead, of whom the flesh is half consumed, when he cometh out of his mother's womb. And Moses cried unto the Lord. Now he's the one that's been talked about, and he's the one that was criticized, yet Moses cried to the Lord, Heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. And the Lord said unto Moses, If her father had put spit in her face, should she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out from the camp seven days. And after that, let her be re receiving again. And Miriam was shut out from the camp seven days, and the people journeyed not till Miriam was brought in again. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll help us tonight speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. As I read this passage, there's a lot of wonderful things we can learn about. What a story, what a true event. If you didn't know it was the Bible, the Word of God, you might even think, did that really happen? Listen to me. It really happened exactly the way God gave it to us. Exactly. Now, I could entitle this message. I really could. I could title this message, How to Get God Really Mad. They got him really mad. And you would have thought they went out and they murdered someone. You would have thought that they went out and created and done some heinous crime. Now I'm going to tell you what they did. They had a critical spirit towards God's man. I just want to simply preach this message tonight. Avoiding a critical spirit. Avoiding a critical spirit. As many of you know, and again, not to belabor the point, we just got back from vacation. My vacations from time past, except maybe the last two years, for me, vacation is about food. For me, when I go to a place, a new place, I'm not looking for attractions. I'm not looking to find out what the family can do to entertain themselves. I find the local restaurant guide, and that's where you find me, and I am planning our eating experience for the week. My wife's birthday hit one year when we were on vacation, and she was so excited years ago because I went up to her, and I said, Honey, I'm going to let you, it's your birthday tonight, and I'm going to let you pick where we eat tonight. She's like, wow, really? She's like, kids, listen to your dad. He's actually going to let me. I said, yes, there's only one stipulation. There's two restaurants you can pick from. <laughs> it's a joke. But it really happened that way, didn't it? But they were always perfectly fine with me. But here's what's happened in the last two years. I haven't cared. This, this last week, I didn't pick one restaurant we went to. I said, look, it don't matter. I can't taste it. I can't enjoy it. I said, y'all pick wherever you want to go. I'll just be happy to be with you. Now, I bring all that up to say this. Normally, when I look for a restaurant, I will get on Google or I will get on websites and I will read reviews. And we all know that there are reviews and I know that there are ratings of restaurants and those ratings are usually given by critics. That's their job.
That's what some people, they, that's all they do is they go and review and they are either critical of something or they're positive about something. But if someone gives a positive review of something, it should be honest. But I have learned you can't always trust a critic. You can't always trust a critic. And here's the other thing. While it is easy for us to point out faulty critics, we're good at pointing them out. When you're around one, you don't have to be around one long. You normally can pick one out. But we're pretty easy to point out the faulty critics in our lives. But here's what I've learned. It's much harder and tougher to admit when we have our own critical spirit. And it's even tougher to admit when our criticism or something that we say that is not true or completely accurate that we've hurt somebody. You say, Pastor, why are you speaking on this tonight? Because I have learned something. Critical spirits are increasingly becoming a problem in the lives of Christians. It is becoming a rising problem in churches of today. Critical spirits. In other words, what did Miriam, what did Aaron do that was so bad that Miriam was struck with leprosy and she was put out of the camp? She simply had a critical attitude. Now, here's what's amazing to me. They said, and I can see them now. I can read between the lines. I can let the Bible speak, but I know people. People's always been the same. And I can see Miriam and Aaron saying it just like this. Well, who does Moses think he is? But does he think he's the only one that God speaks to and speaks through? He thinks he's awful holier than thou. That's what they were doing. Y'all ever heard anybody talk like that? And then they not only said that, they also basically said, well, God speaks to us too. Does he think he's the only one? God speaks to us too. And the Bible said God heard it. And I love how God responded to them. Here's what he said. He said, look, I love it. I'm telling you right now. Powerful stuff, boy. He said, <laughs> he said, hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, he said, I'll make myself known to him. I'll make myself known to that prophet. And I'll make him known through a vision. He said, in other words, I'll give him a dream. He said, I'm going to tell you something right now. But this man's not like a prophet. He said, if I'm going to talk to Moses, I'm not going to speak to him in a dream. He said, I'm going to speak to him face to face. Much more personal than a prophet. You talking about getting God mad. They got God mad. Because they had a critical spirit. And they were talking about people that they should have never been talking about. And the things they were saying, and we're going to look at them, was critical. And I want to look at why criticism is so wrong. And why it can get God in a very upset mood. And first of all, I just want to mention this. The concern of criticism. The concern. 
Why is it a concern? Why did God deal with it? And we have to open up this passage and kind of open it up. And let's just let it, let it, just let it show us why it is a concern. Number one, we find right here in this passage in verse number two, it carries with it. When we are of a critical spirit, it carries a sense of pride and superiority. The critic is always the person that thinks they're in a place of superiority or they're trying to show how much they are or what they could do better. But it's, it's always the base is pride or a sense of superiority. Look at verse 2. And they said, hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Now here's the problem. They're having a problem. The motive is revealed here. And I'm going I'm to talk about the wife because we understand the first thing that's mentioned here is they started making, they had trouble because he married an Ethiopian woman. But that really wasn't the problem. The problem, the real motive is revealed in verse 2. The problem is they didn't like their brother thinking he was all holier than thou and they were having trouble submitting to his leadership. Do you know the easiest people to criticize is the people that's very visible to shoot at? I got news for all of y'all, and y'all know this. Some of you have been here the whole entire 13 years. If you're looking for me to disappoint you, you will not have to look long. We're human, aren't we? But you know what I've learned about this church and your, our relationship here? I think we've been awful good at giving each other and extending each other grace and mercy. See, here's what he said in verse 2. Well, God's spoken to, through us. He's spoken to us too. And here's the other thing, but why not us? That's what they're asking. Well, why not me? And so because they feel like maybe a blessing of God was upon someone else, they became critical. And you know what? There's nothing that really makes me more disappointed in churches and other pastors, other Christians, if they are so jealous of another Christian or another church because the last time I checked, we're all on the same team and we ought to be glad if someone else is blessed. We ought to be grateful and thankful if God is blessing someone or blessing a church. Hey, we ought to get in on the blessings of that. We ought to be encouraged by that. We should never be critical towards someone else being blessed just because it's not me. It's not us. Well, why not me, Lord? See, what happens there is we start becoming and having a critical spirit. Why not us? That's what Miriam and Aaron was saying. Why not us? Why? Why not us? You know what? That carries, that carries a sense of just pride. Why not me? Well, I'm going to tell you why. None of us are worthy of it. Y'all know what I deserve tonight. I deserve hell. Do you know how I've tried to live? I try not to get my expectations up. Now, my expectations are in the Lord. But I'm going to be honest with you. I've seen a lot of discouraged people because they get these expectations and then those expectations aren't met, so they live a discouraged life. I've learned something. I expect the worst, and then if something better than that happens, I'm still happy. It's a good way to live. 
Because it really does take away this ideology or this attitude. Well, I deserve that. No, I really don't. But it carries with it a sense of pride and superiority. They're like, well, we're not listening to him. What was he think he's the only one that God can speak to? God can speak to us. Why not God? And so I'm just saying, it, this, this criticism came from a spirit of pride and superiority. Now let's look at the second thing here that I thought it was interesting. It is many times an attempt, when we have critical spirits, it is normally a cover-up job. It's a cover-up job. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, look at verse 2. And they said, hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And then the Bible said, and the Lord heard it. But notice verse 1. What was the reasoning? What started their criticism? They was criticizing the decision of who he married. So they were trying to make it about, oh, it's who he married. Why in the world did he marry that woman? She wasn't the same skin color. She's not someone that they should have married. And see, God heard it. But that was just a cover-up. They were trying to make it some physical thing. But the true motive was revealed in verse 2, and God heard it. Here's what the true, the true motive was. The true motive is they were jealous. They were jealous because they said, why is God only speaking to him? And so you know what I've learned about people that have a critical spirit? Normally it can be traced to whatever. See, a lot of times people will attack people. They will attack their personalities. They will attack people's decisions. They will attack things that really people can't really guard. And they don't necessarily always attack someone's character. Because someone's character might be impeccable. But they might can criticize something else that they might not have any control over. And a lot of times critics do that because they're just simply jealous. Notice this, not only jealous, they criticized his decision of who he married, but it was also revealed mode of superiority. But you know what really the problem was? It was one of submission. You know, I've learned, I've learned critical people will submit to nobody. They just won't do it. They have every reason and every excuse to make an excuse why they won't. And they'll, they'll tear people down. They'll talk about people. And they'll sit there and be critical about people. And the truth is, they will find every reason under the sun why they will not submit to that person. Well, he's not the right kind of boss. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm sorry tonight, but if you're employed and you have a boss, whether you like him or not, if you're a Christian, you should submit to that authority in your life. You might not like him. You might not be crazy about him. But if you try to cause mutiny around the place and mutiny around the employment, I'm going to be honest with you. A Christian's wrong by doing that because it's the wrong spirit. Because you're, you're only showing that we are not willing to submit. Do you think God thinks you... Can I just ask this question? Do you think if you have a really bad manager, do you think God doesn't know about that? Maybe he wants to teach you something through that. You know, years ago, our children, you know, they used to get on the bus and there were things going on, on the bus. There were rules being broken. Well, they couldn't break the rules, but other kids got to break the rule. And I'm against that. I think no matter if that's your children or not, 
a rule's a rule. But if you're driving the van and you let your kids do things and other children can't do things, that's unwise because the Bible says a wisdom that comes from above doesn't show partiality. But, you know, instead of tearing down that bus driver and everybody on it, our kids would come home every day and they were all upset. like, so-and-so got to eat on the van because they're the, the driver's parent. The parents, they're the driver and we don't get to do it. And so, you know, a lot of parents would have went down there and they'd have stomped down there at that van. They'd have went down and said, I'll tell you right now, quit telling my children like that. You know how we kind of dealt with that? We just said, hey, Clay and Kaylee, you know how that makes you feel? Yes, it makes me feel horrible. I said, well, then don't do it when you get older. Don't you do it when you get older because you know how it makes you feel. Then don't you do it. Instead of going down there and saying, oh, my poor little baby. No, no, no. Don't do it. Learn from it. Learn from it. We are not going to be able to stop every critical thing. But a lot of times people, because there's unfair things that are going to happen. But you know what we were trying to teach our children there? Even though that driver wasn't quite wise as she should have been, we wanted to be very careful tearing down authority in their lives. God was not taken by surprise for one second that that driver was letting her kids eat food and nobody else. So many times we get the right. We think we have every right to criticize people. But here's what we forget. God has placed those people in authority over us and God has a purpose and a plan. And we will miss it if we will not submit to the authorities in our life. I don't always like what God says to me to have to submit to. But I want y'all to pray for me. I certainly do not want to get a critical spirit. Just because I just don't want to do what I know God wants me to do. And critical spirits, people that have critical spirit, the real motive is they do not want to submit. They didn't want to submit to their brother. That was the problem. Now, they kind of covered that up and said, I'll tell you what, you see who he married. No, 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 no. That ain't the problem. Well, they start talking about his wife. Well, I'll tell you right now, who's he think he is? He married. No, no, no. Verse 2 is the problem. The motive was revealed in verse 2. The problem was, who's he think he is? God only speak to him. Why not us? He speaks to us. Why not us? There was a submission problem. Are y'all with me tonight? Let's be careful. These are good people. Miriam and Aaron, good people. Aaron was a priest, a good man. Miriam was a good woman. But they got caught up in being having a critical spirit. And I've learned this about people that are crit have critical spirits. They have it for a long time, and normally they won't even recognize they have it until somebody has to tell them. Then they get mad at the person telling them. So we see the concern. It was a cover-up. Really, they were jealous. Really, they had a superiority problem. They had a submission problem. So let's look at things that we can improve in our lives. Let's be honest about ourselves. And let's ask God to help us to not have a critical spirit. Can I show not only the concern of criticism, but let's look at the consequences of criticism. You know what criticism will do to you and your relationships and people? I'm going to tell you what it will do. If you have a critical spirit, it will hinder, hinder your relationship 
with everybody in your life. It will hinder your relationships with everybody in his life. You say, how do you know that, Pastor? Well, Proverbs 15.1 says this, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. I want you to know something. Someone that has a critical spirit, they are normally not speaking with a soft answer. They're stirring it up. They're stirring it up. A soft answer. See... God's way. You know there'd be no arguments in the house, in the home, in the marriage, in a relationship if somebody would practice that right there. No one can fight with someone else or argue with someone else when someone's saying, hey, I love you. I know I was wrong. Would you please forgive me? See, we don't do that. What do we do? Well, let me tell you what you did last night. Oh, you're going to get one on me. I'm going to get two on you. I'm going to get the next one. And like all these arguments, all these young couples have, they're fighting over stuff. And in 20 years, they're going to be ashamed of themselves. Some of the stuff they've argued about and got in arguments over. And here's the problem. They just simply won't practice God's word. A soft answer turneth away wrath. I love you, dear. I'll tell you right now, you didn't put the clothes in the hamper. Baby, I'm sorry. I just got busy and forgot I'm sorry. I'll, I'll do better next time. I'm going to be honest. My wife's never argued with me over that. And I've left some clothes and not gotten in the hamper too. So I may say, man, y'all know what a hamper is? We have that old-fashioned hamper in our house. And I'm going to tell y'all right now, it's like the Bible. You better get in it. <laughs> not on top of it. Not, don't throw it on top. You pick the lid up. You drop it down in there and you put the lid back on top of it. Amen. Thumbs up. She's finally trained me. Amen. After 29 years. You know what critical spirit does? It hinders relationships because as long as you're going to be critical and you want to get the next point, you want to get the next shot, you want to get the next jab, well, you're going to keep jabbing. It's going to hinder. It's going to make people not want to be around you because they don't want to hear it. It's going to hinder relationships. And sometimes the best medicine we need is somebody that loves us that will tell us that. And by the way, I've had to be told that I'm harboring a critical spirit. And I'm thankful the people that have told me that are people that love me and they have my best interest in mind. Number two, criticism just simply hurts people. It hurts. It really does. It hurts people. A critical attitude, a critical spirit hurts people. I mean, could you imagine? What if he was Moses' wife? She got hurt. Did she deserve, because she was a black lady... To be hurt like that? God heard it. God got mad over it. And I'm going to be honest. I've been shocked at some of the things I've heard Christians in churches say to other people. 
I've been shocked. I really have. It's, it's, it's made me cringe that someone could be that critical, that callous, that they actually could hurt somebody and not even care. Hurts people. Critical spirit hurts people. Y'all ever heard that little thing, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words won't ever hurt me? That's a lie straight from hell. Words hurt bad. Critical spirit hurts people, hurts others. Can I give you this great truth? Hurts you. It hurts the critical one. The critical one gets hurt. You say, why is that, Pastor? Proverbs 11.2 says this. When pride cometh, then cometh shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. You show me someone that is overtaken with a critical spirit, I will show you a person that is not speaking wisely. They're not in it to be wise. Wisdom is the last thing from their mind when they've been hurt or when they're struggling or when they're not wanting to submit to something or something didn't go their way or, you know, y'all know what I'm talking about. This never happened here and I'm thankful for it. But I've been in certain churches where, you know, maybe one little girl in the church got to sing or, you know, she was asked to do a particular little part in something. And I've seen other people get so upset over that that they actually will criticize a precious little girl or a precious little child. Hurts people. Can I say what else it does? Consequences of having a critical spirit. We find it right here. It hinders my relationship with the Lord. Let me tell y'all something. They got God mad. Don't think you won't and I won't either. He heard it. And by the way, when we're doing it and we have the same spirit, same attitude, same wording, God hears us too. This passage, I'm going to tell you right now. He got so mad, he struck Miriam with leprosy. That's a health problem. By the way, that meant certain death. That meant certain separation from all society in those days. They had to walk around unclean. No one would get around them. And God was so mad. And here's what's beautiful about it. The one that they criticized, Moses went before the Lord and said, Lord, please don't let her die. And God honored the man of God and did exactly what Moses said. But he did say, no, she's going to spend a time and she'll get to come back. But I want you to know something. I want you to understand something. Criticism hinders my relationship with God. Then she was put outside the camp. Let me tell you something else that we find from this passage. Criticism does. So, look, I'm preaching this for us all to be careful. You say, oh, that's no big deal. Pretty big deal. Wouldn't y'all agree? Pretty big deal. I mean, God got mad. He, he struck her with leprosy. He put her outside the camp. He, took, he, had a little, he had a little come to me meeting. I mean, he, he brought them all there. He dealt with them. It was a big deal. The Bible said God heard it. 
So when next time we just think, oh, well, my words, that little phrase that I said about somebody or I did, look, it's no big deal. No, it's a big deal. That's, that's the emphasis here. It's a big deal. Here's another reason why it's a big deal. Criticism stops the blessings of God in your life. Stops the blessing. I mean, like turning the water spigot on, I need water. Listen to me. When we start having a critical spirit, it's like shut it off. Stop the blessing. Why? She went outside the camp. She had to be alone. She had to be separated. The blessings was not outside the camp. There was no blessing with fellowship outside the camp. There was no goodness outside the camp. And she did it. God didn't want to put her outside the camp. But her actions caused God to react. And our criticism will cut the flow of God's blessing on our lives. And maybe even our family's lives. Criticism. Last thing and I'll quit. How do I address it? What do we do? We see the concern. It is a concern. should be a concern. All of us can get caught up in it. We realize the consequences right here in this passage. But here's what I'm thankful for. Y'all know there's a cure for criticism. Are y'all interested in cures? Y'all know why I went and got that MRI the other day? I'm going to be honest with y'all. I'd like to smell again. I'd like to taste again. I'd like to wake up every morning and not feel like I have a baseball inside of my head. I really would. I'd like to be able to walk around every day, even in the middle of summer when I shouldn't, and my nose not run. You know about that, don't you, Brother Chris? So you say, well, what have you been? Well, I've been praying about it a long time. thought it was coming. So well, you know what? The doctor says, hey, we need to go get this checked out. We got and went and checked out. It's amazing. I sat in there and almost fell asleep in an MRI. They put them earplugs in your ears. That thing's loud. Man, I lay there and I was about half asleep. Took that picture in there. The very same evening, the lady calls me. She says, hey, Mr. Brandon, she says, uh, you had a CT or the MRI today. And here's what we found. She said, your sinuses and allergies, she said, they're a mess. She said, they're inflamed. And she said, then we found this polyp. And you said, okay, now, all right, great, Pastor, what did you find out? Well, I found out I got a polyp. Well, what are you going to do about it? Nothing. Nothing. Well, what did you do all that? Well, I just wanted to know. I don't think there's a cure. They didn't really give me a cure. They're not going to send me to a surgeon and give me a console and say, hey, we might can remove that thing and you can start smelling and tasting again. Oh, no, I don't want that. Just tell me about the problem. I don't want no cure. Who does that? When you go to the doctor and you're sick, they give you a amoxicillin or whatever, a Z-pack if you have a strep throat. Who goes there and says, no, nah, I don't want it. I want to stay sick. I want to have a 103 degree temperature and feel like I'm about to die. Who does it? But it's amazing with spiritual things, people and Christians do it all the time. Say, I just the way I am. There's a cure. Y'all ready? Quickly now, I'm going to hurry. I ain't got but a couple minutes. The cure. Y'all ready? Simple. Number one, search your heart. You know why we don't do that? We don't like what we find. Do you know there's a little phrase in Nehemiah where he said, I consulted with myself? Do you know what every Christian ought to do on a daily basis, many times a day? You ought to talk to yourself. 
And you ought to be honest about yourself. And you got to examine and look down in your heart. And if you find something in there and the Holy Spirit of God says, hey, that's wrong, you ought to be man enough, woman enough, Christian enough to say, God, you're right. I'm wrong. Help me. I need to get that out of my life. You'll never find it unless you search. And I promise you this, if you'll search and you have a critical spirit, you'll find it. Right now, at the minute that I started this message, if you've been having a critical spirit, you said, oh, dear Lord, you done found me out tonight. Search your heart, Psalm 139. Then, number two, y'all ready? Confess your sin. It's sin. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. Quit making excuses for it. Quit saying, here's why I have a right to say this about so-and-so. This is why I can say this about so-and-so. This is why I can be critical about so-and-so. No, confess and say, Lord, I'm sorry, it's wrong. Help me, forgive me. I'll be honest with you. The Bible says he, if, you'll be, if you will confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin. Search, confess. Y'all ready? This is deep now. This is deep preaching. Y'all like this? Y'all like this? Y'all like this Z-Pack? Y'all like this prescription? Search. We can all do it. Two, confess it. Yep, it's there, Lord. Three, y'all ready? Change it. Stop it. Just stop it. It's amazing. God needs you to help me. I'm getting a creative spirit. I don't have the right attitude about things. I'm starting to have hindrances in my other relationships. I'm having hindrances with you. I don't want to cut the blessings of God off in my life. And I never really realized how bad my mouth can hurt others. God help me. I realize it now. I'm going. You help me. I want to stop it. That's amazing. Search. Confess. Change. Cure. Y'all interested in a cure? Here's the cure. How to get God really, really mad? Be critical. Let's ask God to help us. Amen? How many of you think we needed this tonight? Would you say amen? amen. Could we stand on our feet tonight? Look. This gets right down here where we live. <laughs> We've all failed here. But I think we need to realize the concern. It's serious stuff. You know, we, we categorize sin like, oh, this is really bad. And this, you know, oh, this isn't bad. It, 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 it's pretty bad. I mean, it, it got Miriam in some sin. I mean, it made God mad. Let's ask God to help us. Amen. Let's take a few minutes as we close in prayer. How about we search? How about we confess? How about we change? If you're here tonight and you do not know Jesus Christ, your Savior, He loves you. He will save you. You come and speak to us, we'll take the Bible and show you how to be saved. Obviously, primary to Christians tonight. If you're online tonight, we're thankful you watched. God bless you. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight. And Lord, as we just opened up this, this text... Lord, and we read this true event. It, it relates to us in so many ways. Lord, all of us are prone to have a critical spirit. All of us. But Lord, I pray you'll help us 
to understand the concern. Lord, understand the consequences, but Lord, desire the cure. And Lord, it's simple. Search if it's there, confess it, and change it. Now help us, give us strength, give us the desire, give us the, the, the how-to and the want-to to be a blessing. We'll thank you for what you do, for we ask it in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Isn't God good? God bless you. Have a great night. Be careful. By the way, Ashley Stevens and her little daughter on, on Sunday night was in a car accident. And, but believe it or not, if you've seen the car, you, you'd have no understanding how they could get out of that car. And I know they had to go to the hospital. They had some cuts on their face. Ashley got some uh, glass in her eye, but honestly, uh, and I'm not minimizing it, but they're praising God that they walked out of the car. And y'all know Ashley and little Addison, they, they, they sit right over here in this section, but they're, they're home, they got to go home, but they had a very bad car accident. And so all of you be careful going home tonight, and uh, God bless you, we'll see you. If not sooner, we'll see you on Sunday. God bless all of you.